Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly, zilly. I think this is maybe the fourth time having Reverend Marty Marks of Emanuel Lutheran Church and Student Center in DeKalb, Illinois, Northern Illinois University. How are you doing today, Marty? I am wonderful, my friend. It is it is an honor to be back with you on the air. And well, I know you're wonderful, but how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I do that to everybody. Not getting in trouble at home. I have a, a lovely family at home who is getting along better than normal, so you know, God, God's throwing us a bone on that one. Um, I have a son who... Is a freshman in college. I uh, had to come home and move out of the dorm, and he's doing well. The the other kids are all doing great. Uh, the Lord is blessing our congregation, even with the challenges. We're we're still getting the good news of Jesus Christ out to those who need to hear it. So um, even in the face of challenges, there's opportunities to be Christ present. So yeah, really, my life is good because I get to serve the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the Ten Commandments, and you had it's something that you've been kind of working through a little bit with your people, and kind of, you know, the Ten Commandments are always relevant, and uh, a lot of people are going to say, hey, it's Easter time, why are we doing Ten Commandments? Isn't that a Lent thing? <laughs> but no, they're always relevant, and they're even relevant in the midst of a pandemic, don't you think? I, absolutely, and I'll throw in real quick, I, you know, I... I do agree with our Lutheran theology that the law always condemns. I do not deny that. But I do think there's a third use of the law, too. I, I think in, in the light of the pandemic, and I'll talk about this, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom that God gives in his instructions, his commandments, that, that help us to know how to be better citizens in our community and also just how to be people who get along with others as well as serve him. So I, there's wisdom to be learned from that all. Of course, uh, in Lutheran circles, you throw up the third use of the law and all of a sudden people get triggered and they get PTSD. And bottom line is... There, whatever you call it, there is wisdom to be gained. And one of the things, you know, we don't just look to the, you know, we do talk about the uh, Ten Commandments in terms of the law of God being a, a rule, a curb, and a guide. And there, and Luther was masterful um, because Luther just didn't focus on bringing the hammer, thou shalt not do this, and explaining that. What he he did the flip side too, didn't he? He did. He always had that positive side, uh, which I think is wonderful. We we get the you shall not have, but in his explanation, we always get here's the you should have, and he drew it right from Jesus in the um, in the Sermon on the Mount. So you know it wasn't sure. that he, he did this all on his own. He he's just taking Jesus's teaching to say this is what the commandments are really all about. Sure. Well, let's uh, in the interest of time uh, <laughs> to keep us on. Uh, 
course here. Um, if for those of you that are listening, um, Pastor Marks and I could probably talk for 20 hours and, and cover like half of the first commandment. <laughs> um, so uh, anyways, let's walk through these. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to tee them up. I'm going to read, read one of the commandments. So we're going to look at uh, five of them. We can, can't do all of them. But in lieu of the pandemic, let's get some thoughts and conversation on the first commandment. You shall have no other gods. And what does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. How is that challenged today, and what, what can you draw from that? Sure. Well, and, and the most important of all the commandments that I've told folks, and the confirmation kids love this, I say, if you've got the first commandment down pat and you follow it, you know what? You don't even have to learn the other nine, because if you never break the first commandment, you won't break into the other nine. In fact, so you're in you know, heaven like, if you've cool. got this one down. <laughs> and they're like, cool, we only have to learn one of the Ten Commandments. Like, well, prove to me that you have you understood and incorporated it into your life. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. Um, but, that, but it is obviously the, what everything else is built on. And, and I always think of the first commandment as that it's really hard an identity issue. You know, Satan was the first one to break this commandment, and then Adam and Eve followed after it. But it, in each of those cases, the breaking of the, the first commandment and then the other ones follow suit is when we don't recognize our place. Our place is we are creatures. We are not equal to or comparable to the Creator. And, and whenever we don't get that equation right, when we say, you know, well, I should have, you know, I should be able to do my own choices. I should be able to do this so that the Creator is the one who decides what we are and are not able to do it. God is a loving Creator. He gives us free choice. He gives us lots of wonderful gifts, but we'll never be in His role. And and, and so the first commandment's about an identity issue. And um, we and, um, and, guess, and we um, also, you know, um, I mean, Satan went right to the heart of this um, right off the bat. Did God really say, tempting them to um, now, the, first, the commandments weren't necessarily codified at that point, but he went right. right to the heart of their identity. And they wanted to be like God. And, and you know, as creatures of God, we are like him, but we're not like him in the sense of his power, his, his everything that God does is by definition good. He is good. Not so with us. You know, we, we can't do something that we say is good in our mind and make it good just by definition. God sure. does. Uh, but when you so think about the, the when you think about the pandemic here um, and the level of of fear that is just gripping and paralyzing people, this commandment is the temptations are legion to say, well, oh, that's all fine and good, but but, but oh, we got a pandemic, you know. Um, what are, what are your thoughts in terms of uh, why this this commandment and following it is more important? than ever. Yeah. Well, because in a very simple answer, the key to, to knowing our place is then we put our faith in a God who is the Creator, the Almighty, the All-Powerful, and we, we kick all those issues to Him. We don't say, how do I solve the pandemic or civil liberty issues or governmental or this or that or whatever the problems are. We kick it to Him and say, you're the Creator, you are in charge of how the world works, and our job is to simply respond in a Christ-like loving way the situations as they come our way. And that's, that's the real danger here is that the fear is gripping people to such a low. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, we talk about the pandemic, the coronavirus is the invisible enemy. Well, it is invisible. You can't see it, but yet everybody believes that it's there. 
Exactly. Yep. Uh, and and so it's kind of an interesting. It'd be an, an interesting topic for a whole show of, of just the topic of faith in general. I don't know anybody that believes that the the virus is not there. Just I, I've never seen one. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen this virus? I've never. I right. wouldn't know what it looked like. We don't know what it looks like, but we're all fearful of it. Well, the flip side is also true that we have a God that created the heavens and the earth, and. And we we walk by faith and not be not by sight, at least this side of heaven. And so we should be encouraged to uh, uh, to continue to realize that a lot of things in life rely on on faith. Um, and whether it's for the for being fearful or for playing placing our our trust where it truly belongs. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. Well, I know you wanted to hit the uh, yes. multiple commandments. And so we speaking got of which. So getting to the third commandment and this, you know, in lieu of the pandemic here, obviously if we need to be reminded that our, our, we need to fear, love and trust in God above all things. And the greatest thing that we can do is turn to God. There's a lot of issues relating to the third commandment, which uh, is as follows. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy Uh, and Luther's explanation. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Obviously, Marty, this has been a challenge for all of us in this day and age in terms of how do we meet at church? Every state's got different guidelines. How do we practice social distancing? Uh, when, when and where does the state make, you know, when are they here in New Mexico? I was helping out at a little, uh, mission church and we were, we were exempt and we were, all churches were exempt in New Mexico all the way up until Saturday evening before Easter Sunday and five or more is, is illegal on Eve, the Eve of Easter. <laughs> and so the question waged, well, you know, well, I guess we're going to get to this when we get to the fourth commandment about honoring your, honoring the authorities. Yeah. But in terms of the third commandment, what are the challenges been for for this commandment and our keeping it? And I always like to note out that it doesn't actually Luther's explanation doesn't actually say thou shalt physically be in church on Sunday. It says we should fear and love God so we don't despise preaching in His Word and hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. Well, we're learning new ways to do that, aren't we? Absolutely. Well, and and I'll go a step further. It doesn't say that we have to physically be in the building. It doesn't say anything about Sundays. Um, it it talks about, and and that we really get at the heart of it. Mm-hmm. That remember the Sabbath is what God did on the seventh day of creation. Um, when you kind of think that through, uh, God rested. But boy, uh, we think that God was exhausted and he just needed to catch his breath and put his feet up because, you know, he was sick and tired of creating and, and physically his body was tired. He didn't have a body. He wasn't physically tired. There was something special that happened on the Sabbath day. He was in relationship with the things that he made. And he asked us to do the same thing. He asks us now as creatures to be in relationship with him. How are we in relationship with him in, in our world? Through his word, through his sacraments. So, again, gathering in... in place where his word and sacraments are clearly conveyed, our places of worship, absolutely is a very good place to do that. We're the body of Christ, you know, not just the body and blood found on the altar, but the body of Christ and the people are gathered. So so those are all really good, important things. But at the heart of it is hearing God's word and not despising. So what does despising mean? Um, you know, in, in Luther's day, it might have meant one thing. For us, it might mean something slightly different, but the same idea is there. What's the things that are keeping us from connecting with God's message? 
that we're sinners, that we need to be forgiven. Jesus' death and resurrection gives us new life. And then how do we go out and live a life that that loved others the way Christ did? How do we have his Holy Spirit in us so that it guides our spirit to be like him? We call that sanctification, a big fancy word there. Uh, but but so that, you know, so the question for us is, what's despising preaching and, and hearing his word? It can be, you could be sitting in a church listening yeah. to the pastor and your mind's wandering. It, it can be that you're You could be the pastor looking at your people thinking different things about why are there... Why, why are there less people today than last week or whatever? You as a pastor could be sinning and breaking this commandment while you're leading worship. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, and, and we as pastors are just as simple as everyone else, and Satan's going to work on each and every one of us and our weaknesses there. So, you know, so, so in the pandemic, if you're sitting at home and you're watching a Facebook Live service, you know, you and I talked a little before the, the program here, you know, maybe the people are flipping around, you know, which church do I want to watch? In and of itself, nothing wrong. But if you're picking a favorite church and then despising a, a different one, perhaps your home church, saying, well, now I don't like that pastor anymore because I'm comparing them to someone else, now God's Word isn't clearly coming to you because you're trying to be in control. Um, can, do we have some human preferences? Yeah, God gives us the freedom to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, what, what are the things that we're allowing as our humanness to interfere with hearing that we're sinners? That and we're so that we need, to remember, we need to remember that whether we... Uh... You know, and I, I'm already tired of the online thing, although, you know, it's it's also created some opportunities, too. But it's yeah. it's good to to uh, to go through the preparation. I mean, what a what a time to really develop someone's devotional life, especially for those that have have really kind of kicked that to the curb or haven't done it uh, maybe the way they wished. Um um, the discipline matters. Um, we're used to the discipline of going to church. It's hard to get used to the discipline of not going to church and watching Facebook Live. And uh, but keeping those habits and rituals is helpful. But it, this really, this commandment really gets gets to the heart of the matter of where your heart is in relationship to God. In the interest of time, we got to move on. Fourth commandment. Yeah. I alluded to it before. And it ties a little bit to worship, but just in general, the breadth and scope of the government. Um, Fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? You should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents. And of course, the most interesting thing here in Luther's explanation and other authorities, and not just your parents, but honor right. them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Now, the older, the last catechism version before a new one uh, kind of gave the overall kind of theme of this uh, fourth commandment as, uh, as what? As God's representative, yeah. yeah. So, so as we think about those authorities over us, you know, I guess unless if you look at either an Exodus or Deuteronomy, at the actual commandment is listed there, um, you also get that little clause in there. So it will go well with you as you go into the land of the Lord your God is giving you. Um, and, you know, there, God as He gave these instructions, you know, they, they're commandments. They have teeth. There's a law. There's consequences for breaking them, but mixed in with all that is just wise instruction for wise living. And so this is the first commandment in the second table of the law, too. How do we get along with other sure. humans? Um, so, you know, for it to go well with us in the places that we're going to live, it's not just listening to mom and dad. It's recognizing the many authorities over us in, in various aspects of our life are put there by God. Um, what I explained to catechism students over the years, um, and, and even more so, it's, I think, a good example during the pandemic, uh, the if you take Jesus's kind of golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do to you, this commandment is probably the one that's the most, it, 
it, it helps us understand it the most. Almost all of us have been in some role of leadership before, where we, you know, whether it be as simple as you're a teenager and you babysat little kids and try to get them to listen to you. you know, or like with me as the chancellor of a fake university. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Kathy, we're leading churches. You're, you're leading a synodical entity. Um, you know, we've all been in leadership. We know what it's like to have to, to try and lead others, look for the greater good of everyone, and not just for our, our own personal individual good or the good of just uh, some select within the, the collective. You know, those who are in, in governmental roles, whether it goes to the President of the United States, uh, whether it goes down to a governor of a state, whether it be a police department, fire department, you know, wherever they are, they're looking out for a greater good, and they, they're not just looking out for, for individuals. So if we've been there, and we know how difficult it is to be a leader and, and take everyone's, you know, desires into account, and, you know, it's going to be squabbling, and this guy isn't there, that gal isn't going to be happy, this, that person, you know, if we know what it's like to be in that role, why wouldn't we do unto others as we have them do to us? Why don't we take, you know, realize their job is hard? And our job is to help them to do the job well and support them, not to undercut, not to make it more difficult, not to cause them headaches. And so, uh, so I, I think as we hear instructions from various levels of government saying, you know, here's the things to do that we're asking you to do. Sometimes they're, they're actual requirements. Sometimes they're more just please do it. Um, their job is hard. Let's help them make their job easier. That's what Jesus asked us to do. As long as they're not actually for doing something that in, in, contrary to God's Word. Now, nowhere, again, and since we've just talked about the Third Commandment, you know, nowhere in God's Word does it mandate you must gather every Sunday in the physical house of worship. So if there's a, a, a lockdown where for some period of time we're not able to do that for a greater good, and we can still remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, why not make the job easier on those in, 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 like who are looking out for the larger community? And in, re- in reality, we are serving our neighbors' needs by doing that. The next commandment, right? The next commandment gets exactly the that. Right. And, uh, but, you know, it does get difficult um, when, when you hear in, in, a, in one state that, you know, you can go to Lowe's or you can go to Walmart, but you can't buy cake or you can't yeah. buy seeds. And you realize, you know, what the heck is that all about? <laughs> and, you know, it obviously there's going to be a great amount of tension um, yep. in the days ahead as the as the country continues to just we're just now starting to really reopen and figure out what that means and 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 how we phase it in but this is going to be a tense time in terms of uh, um, civil disobedience in some places genuine and and reasonable protests in others and this commandment's going to be stretched is it not yeah, whether people um, realize yeah, I, I, whether people realize that's what they're doing, that's we're really getting into fourth commandment issues here. Right, and it's not my place to judge the hearts of others, but you know, I think when, I would advise anyone to, to say when you think this through, what's your intent in in any kind of protesting? Um, you know, is the goal to help those in leadership succeed, or or is it because your own personal wants? And you know, whenever we we have personal wants, we usually tend to, to wander into the, the realm of sin there. So Sure. The fifth commandment, let's move on. Yeah. You shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor and his body, but help and support him in every physical need. And we've kind of touched on this in a way, but this is really gets to the heart of, of 
why did we ever, you know, lock things down and trying to flatten the curve and not overpower our hospitals? And in reality, all of this, whether people realize it, whether they're Christians or not, is really trying to do what the second part of this this commandment says in terms of the explanation and helping to support our, our neighbor in every physical need. Right. Well, and even the first half, uh, you know, not to cause harm. If, if, if you completely oh, disobey the, the instructions and you're out catching and or spreading this virus, um, you may personally be fine. You may have a real mild case, but you may pass it on to somebody who passes it on to someone else who causes death. You know, you now, because of your nonchalance about it, have, have harmed your neighbor in their body. So, you know, this instruction is to say, hey, take into consideration how your actions might affect others. And then on, you said on the, on the you shall part, that's definitely true there, too. How do we help and support them? Um, I've got four children. Two of them are type 1 diabetic. Another one is celiac, so all autoimmune diseases. Sure. And the autoimmune disease, especially the diabetes, is, is in that high-risk category. Right. And if they, if they get um, COVID-19, it may have a much worse effect on their bodies. So, you know, I think seriously that my actions, as I interact with others, if I have someone who says, ah, I don't, you know, care about any of this stuff, and, you know, Pastor Roger, I'm going to come chat with you anyway, because I've got every right to do it, and I bring it home, and, and one of my kids gets sick and dies, you know, I don't really want to worry about pinning sin on anyone in particular, but, you know, sure. man, our, our actions affect the health and well-being of others. So, you know, what does Jesus say in these commandments? Well, you know, obviously the Ten Commandments were given before Jesus, but Jesus explains them in the um, parable, or I mean the uh, Sermon on the Mount. You know, we get that, Jesus says, think about the needs of others first. That's the intention of the commandments, especially in the second table of the law here. So, there you go, there's my thoughts on Right, and, and you know, it, it dovetails, we don't have a lot of time here, just a minute or so, but when you look at the Seventh Commandment, you shall not steal... What does this mean? We should fear and love God so do not take our neighbor's money or possessions or, or get them in any dishonest way. And But this is, I think, is a key for what we've been talking about. But help him to improve and protect his possessions and income. So not just caring yeah. for a neighbor in terms of his body, but in terms of what they have, their livelihood, their 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 stuff, their possessions, their property. Um Go, go help local business. Give tips to your guys who are the delivering. You know, help keep people employed wherever and whenever you can. Help them in their livelihood. I, you know, I think that's the sanctified wisdom to the the, the positive side of this commandment. And, sure. and and also, you know, if if you don't, you know, I noticed uh, just yesterday, you know, a couple businesses are starting to say, you know what, we didn't really need the the government help here. We're doing just fine. <laughs> so uh, I think it was Shake Shack was the first one that said, hey. We're going to give the the ten million you were going to give us back. Um, talk about that's a, so cool. <laughs> and that's not a necessarily they're not necessarily doing it out of uh, motives related to faith in Christ, but it is a beautiful thing to see, and we Christians should be as good as this as anybody of helping our neighbors, um, and in in whatever capacity uh, to improve and protect their possessions and income. So. Anyways, yeah. final thoughts um, on this whole pandemic thing in light of the commandments. There's really a lot to chew on here in the Ten Commandments, and it's all, and much of it's positive, is it not? Well, yeah. Well, and and that anytime we failed, you know, the, I think the first thing with any of the commandments is you look inside yourself. You don't worry about where someone else is failing. You look inside and say, "Here's where I failed, and I need the message of the cross that my sins are taken away." Uh, and then we we look for that third use of the law to say, "All right, now that I'm forgiven and the Holy Spirit's in me, how do I love my neighbor as myself and, and live that out?" Um, uh, final thought on the pandemic, if you will, let me give a quick moment. Sure. Um, I, I think you know. 
yes, there's challenges, yes, there's struggles, and we're going to look back on this with some frustration. But there's also tons of opportunities. Sure. So there's folks who maybe are open to hear the gospel that haven't before. Um, we can learn and, and grow in some creative things that we've always put off and said, well, I'm going to learn how to do Zoom calls later. Well, now we're learning to do Zoom calls. We're learning, learning to do Facebook Live church services. And maybe some will stay around after the pandemic. Maybe some will go away. I can't wait to be hugging my folks and give them ninjas again face-to-face. But, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, there's opportunities to be had in every one of these challenges. And that's, you know, always been God's, uh, God's way of doing things. Uh, and that gets uh, us back full circle that even them, even, God has this habit of turning great things out of horrible, seemingly horrible things. And we don't have to go long. You know, I'm old enough to remember the day that we were just in Holy Week and Good Friday, and we can see how God did exactly that. And that's why we getting going full circle back to the first commandment. Why, in spite of what we see with our eyes, we still put our fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And He certainly will keep His promise to work good. And I, I agree with you. I, I'm optimistic about the future, uh, even though we will have some hurts uh, in the near term. That uh, God is using this to to dredge up faith, to lead people to repentance, to call us back to. Uh, uh, a greater cultural awareness of what really matters. And uh, so we pray that God will continue to do that. Thank you, Marty, for joining us. God, continue to be with you, your family, and your congregation. We'll check back in with you down the line. Sounds good. Right back at you, Pastor Tom. Take care. Well, that's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.